the I Make a Difference podcast, an adventure of exploration of your human self, the conditioned and unhealed parts of you, and your true self, the natural, real and powerful you, a pathway where you unravel, heal and uncover on your journey back to you. Have you ever experienced, have you ever felt, or have you ever been, or are you invisible? Or do you believe you're invisible? And what does it feel like to actually be invisible to others? And what's the processing that sits behind that experience and that belief of being invisible? I know for me it's felt like, I'm not seen, I'm not heard, I'm not felt, I'm not important, and I'm not cared for. And a number of different occurrences have happened recently that have actually brought a process that's been such a significant part of my life that I'm only now just fully conscious of, back to the forefront of my conscious mind, where processing has been happening about my visibility and specifically my visible invisibility which we're going to have an explore of. If you can connect to and relate to this then I'm going to dive into exploring yes my experience and process around visibility and how other people have contributed to that and the reasoning behind that as well as what I've done and how I've actually worked with and expressed and created my own invisibility. And even doing this podcast now is my step in making that different going forward. I've been there, I've done it, I've experienced being invisible to myself and others, and now I'm choosing for that to change. And even... I realized in my processing that I had given up at a level on my podcast and that I haven't actually done an episode for a couple of months now. And when I actually processed and got really truthful with myself as to why I hadn't done it, is because I had a subconscious belief that I was invisible. So what's the point in doing a podcast? And the really weird part of that is, how can you be invisible on a podcast because you're not actually seen, you're heard? So that prompted me to get really clear that invisibility is not just about you being seen, it's also about you being heard, it's about you being felt, it's about you being understood. So why was I not feeling all that? Why was I feeling such a lack of it that led me to believing I was invisible with regards to my podcast? But my podcast is just a reflection of a whole lot of other areas that I realize I've been carrying the same belief around. Because for me, I believe that people don't connect with me and they don't get me. So I am invisible to them. So some interesting beliefs for me to shift there. And if this sounds familiar to you, but maybe not in the podcast scenario, but the process in general, then come on this episode with me and journey and explore and 
spend some time identifying your process and processing with regards to your visibility, or rather, your invisibility. I'm your host, Melinda Cates, and what's really interesting is I'm a really expressive, outspoken individual who, from what I've been told, because I don't tend to experience my energy myself from outside of me, but that my energy is very strongly felt. How can I then be invisible? And that is one of the key reasons why I am invisible to some people. But we'll get to that. So given all of this was unfolding for me in my process, I decided I was going to spend some time exploring what I view as a very contradictory process of being visibly invisible. Yeah, just does not make sense in my head, but it is what I experience and I know many other people have. And I actually asked myself, when was the first time I remember that feeling of that I may not have been conscious of at the time, but I now can reflect on and go, yep, I definitely felt that way back then, was when did I first notice that people did not connect with me? When did I first notice that I was invisible? And I actually have a feeling of like about a 10-year-old, no, actually it's younger than that, a six-year-old at a party going, why does no one pick me? Why does no one see me? And it was that feeling of the shoulders were up, like ever so hopeful that someone would really connect with you, or rather in my case, connect with me. And when I look, reflect back, I see that people did connect with me, but it was when I was actually doing something for them, rather than it being they were connecting with me because of who I was. And that's when one of the first patterns of visibility, or rather invisibility, or visible invisibility, if we're going to call it that, yes, I'm going to phrase it that because I like that, actually started happening. That influenced a significant part of my life where by doing for others, I actually was visible. But was I? Because there is a catch to this. You see, I may have only been visible to people from the perspective of that they were receiving something from me that was a benefit to them. So it wasn't me they were focused on. It wasn't me that was visible to them. What was visible was what I was doing and what they were receiving and experiencing. And I get to see that with a significant number of people in my life, that this has been a pattern that has been a powerful influencer of my visibility and one that actually drove my neediness and my desire to do things for people in a lot of circumstances. Where... For me to be seen, it meant I needed to do something so that they were receiving something from me. It wasn't that they actually just wanted to connect with me and that they saw who I was and that I was visible. And how do I actually know this? Well, in recent times, and this is part of the occurrences that have happened, I've actually stopped giving, sharing and doing things for quite a few people. And why? Because I woke up to the fact that possibly 
it's actually not me that is the part of this that's an important part of this process. It's what I do that is important to them. And lo and behold, yep, well, I'm not sure whether it was a belief. Yes, it was a belief, but it's actually now a knowing. There has been no contact from them. So the question is, is did I actually exist to them? And a belief that I've had at times throughout my life is that I'm irrelevant and I'm insignificant, or that's how I viewed it. So maybe what I believed and how I viewed things actually was actually annoying and maybe I was correct. And the litmus test of whether that is still impacting on me, being irrelevant and insignificant and I don't do not exist, is whether I have an emotional attachment or emotions that are sitting behind those words. Do I feel things around it? Well, initially with regards to the particular person, yes, I did. No, I don't. Because actually, by putting myself in the situation where I have only been visible from the perspective of what I do for an individual, I actually have been making myself irrelevant and insignificant. I've actually been making myself not exist to myself. So that now stops. Then the second pattern that I recognized with regards to my visible invisibility is that I actually felt invisible to my parents. And yes, my mum, who was brilliant at introducing me to many different activities to expand my experience and exposure to different options in life, was amazing and fantastic. And occasionally my dad would give me some moments of care when I was sick. But emotionally, when I was hurt, when I wanted to explore where I was at, there was no connection. There was no interaction. In fact, what happened was I was sent to a psychologist for that, who didn't really get me either. So at a level, I felt unheard and unseen by him as well. And there was very little interest in what I did at school. I don't remember having conversations around what I was doing. I do remember my mother helping me with a couple of, um, gosh, I can't even remember what they got, a bit of homework. <laughs> there you go. Completely forgot that word for a moment. And I don't ever remember actually being asked how I am, except for in physical terms. And some of this may be ringing bells for you. Some of this may be prompting feelings for you. And this is part of our processing to work through our invisibility. Because if we don't acknowledge this and we don't accept and allow these processes and feelings to come forward and to be released, then we continue to be invisible to ourselves and to other people. In fact, if issues arose between my brother and I, then my parents would actually run to him. And now I can actually recognize the feelings that I was experiencing where I was screaming inside of me, someone see me, someone hear me. And what's attached to the invisibility? Someone care about me. Because if you do see me, then you care enough about me. And even hear what I've just said, you care enough so it even is out of scarcity and lack of self-worth that I say that. But that was the feeling I was experiencing at that particular age. So it's no wonder those words just came out of my mouth. 
Another area that became highlighted to me is I don't remember experiencing any expectations from my parents in terms of schooling, in terms of who I was, except for in one area, which became a pattern, and I'll share that with you very shortly. And in having no expectations, which a lot of people would go, oh, that would be heavenly, because one of the big issues around a lot of people's emotional distress is the number of expectations that are placed on them that impact them in terms of what's true and right for them and what is it that other people want me to do or be. Whereas I didn't have any of that, or not that I can remember anyway. And as much as expectations, and we're in an expectation-filled world, can stuff you up, having no expectations can still impact you and stuff you up at a level as well. Because if you don't have expectations of me, then do I exist to you? Do you actually care about me? Which then means there's a belief that having expectations means you care, which we know in reality that's not the case, but you have a level of emotional attachment to me, so we interpret that as care. So even though there were benefits of not having those expectations, it was just the fact that the interest and the care was what was missing from what I believe and what I experience. And I know that's my neediness and neediness comes from a lack of. And potentially that's why I became this expressive, outspoken, loud individual was because I was needy to be heard, to be seen. I was needy to get some level of attention. And I sure did, but not for who I was and not in a way that supported the growth of my self-worth. Because I then started to fight. I started to fight. And how, how crazy is it that we have to fight to be seen, to be heard, to be understood, to be cared about? And it was my way of screaming about the hurt within me. I would yell, I would curse like crazy, and I would even physically lash out. And that was when I did experience being seen and heard. But the reasons were actually really sad. And it compounded me not being seen and not being heard and not being cared about. Because people were scared of me, and people became frightened of me. And then people expected me to react and to be angry. So the expectations I did receive were ones that reinforced how I was wrong, how I was bad, and that were rejection. Which set up another pattern that if I'm invisible, then I'm more likely to be accepted because you're not going to see how bad I am. You're not going to expect me to react. You're not going to expect me to be angry. And in amongst all of this, I started my adventure of beginning to see, to hear, and to feel me. And what I was needy of in terms of being visible to others, I then chose to look for in myself. And what an adventure that has been and still is. 
I have seen and heard and felt and sensed all the hurt parts of me. The guilty, vulnerable, rejected me's that needed me to actually give them the attention, to give them the care, to care about them, to love them, nurture and heal these parts of me. I've also seen and heard and felt so many beautiful aspects of me. And I love and accept so much of me. My soul, my knowing, my jewel, the qualities that make me who I am. But this is about me being visible to me. So it's still an internal process. And yet it is such an important, powerful place to start. I also grew my ability to see and hear and own as much as I can and that I'm aware of all that I do and say externally so that it is visible to me, so that I own it and I take responsibility for it. But it is an external process of visibility with and about me. So I've grown my ability to be visible to myself internally and visible to myself externally. So what's the part I've not experienced and explored? Allowing myself to be visible to others. You see, I've spent nearly 30 years focusing on developing my ability to not just be visible and to see and hear and sense me, but to facilitate other people to make a difference to who they are and for them to grow their ability to be visible to themselves and to others. But the interesting part of that process is that as a facilitator, as a mentor, as a leader and an employer and a trainer, I, and even as a partner and, a, and as a sibling and as a child and as a grandchild and as a friend even, I've been committed to being as neutral as I can, to being invisible and in that I have been there for the other person and the focus has been on their process. So even in that, which I believed was the right thing to be doing, and it definitely is, I made myself visibly invisible. But in saying this, what has opened up and has come to my mind is that there have been such precious, treasured, dear and beautiful people who have been in my life that were actually my employees who became my friends, who I have and am visible to, who really not only have but do see me and even more powerfully, they wanted to see me. And my beautiful partner, the moment I met him, he immediately saw me and he's never, ever wavered from who he knows I am, who he sees, who he hears and who he senses. And in amongst this beautiful number of individuals who wanted to and did and do see me have been people who have not seen me. And this is where one of the beautiful definitions of invisibility comes to the fore. Unable to be seen. 
some of the people who are not able to see me and not able to see you are so absorbed in their own process. They're so focused on what's going on for them and what they're needy of, possibly from you, that they don't have the capacity to see me or you or others. They may not even be aware of the fact that they don't see you, that they're not connecting with you because their focus is more on them being seen and them being connected with. And there are also potentially people, and I know this is the case for me, where they're actually too scared to see me. They don't want me to be visible to them because it triggers their own vulnerabilities. And there are those people who are purely needy of me or of you for a particular area of them emotionally to be filled. And now they either have someone else to fill it or they've healed it themselves. So I've only experienced a want from people to see me in the safe confines of my personal life with a selected few and in the safe confines of my business internally of my business, not externally of my business, which indicates and tells me I've not allowed people to see me. I've been inaccessible to be seen and I've not allowed me to be visible to others. So why? Why have I not done that? Well, one of the first reasons is because it's so unfamiliar to me. I haven't had those experiences but I do have a memory of when the total focus was on me at a surprise birthday party and I was so incredibly uncomfortable being visible and having all the attention that I had. I've only mainly got attention because I've been naughty, because I'm I'm the one that speaks out and is outrageous, or I've done something that scares people or I've been angry. So to get attention because people actually genuinely care. I don't know what to do with that. To receive attention and to have focus on me and to be visible because people really want to connect with me and get to know me and understand me. And I don't know what that's like outside of an immediate few. And I don't know if I can even recognize it but I'm open to discovering it and being able to recognize it because I deserve to experience that. Because anything that supports our growth and the reinforcement of our self-worth, that we that is magical and beautiful, we deserve to experience. It's part of us being able to expand our ability to be able to receive and to share that with others. I am so good at recognizing my invisibility and my lack of it. But what about when I do receive it? So one of my commitments that I am making to me is to put my focus on where I am visible, where I am seen, where I am heard, and to recognize that and to create the space for that to grow and to expand and to be a part of my life. And one of the other things I'm going to do is I'm going to continue with my podcast. 
and I'm even going to create more videos that are going to be accessible to not just the people in my membership, because even then I've created that safe confinement within my business again, but to anyone. And I'm going to open up my energy and my processing so that I stop blocking and limiting people from being able to see me, hear me, and to step into and towards me so that they can connect with me. I now choose to experience people wanting to hear and to sense and to see me because I deserve to have that experience. And I now choose to release any limitations I have or have had or that are put on me with regards to being seen, heard and sensed. And I now choose to be visible for who I truly am. And I encourage you, take the time to explore the reasons for your invisibility or your visible invisibility and make some commitments to you, whether it be to be more visible to yourself internally as well as externally and to take steps to allow others to visibly see, hear and sense you because you deserve to. You deserve to be seen, you deserve to be cared about and you deserve people to connect with you.